0: Then they're average, normal people that, that were just like me and you. And I thought, Lord, there's so much in this, this group of men in First Chronicles chapter 12 that I desire, uh, to be like. And so I wanted to share that with you. So this is a list of men who, who David, right now in this story, David is, has become king. You know, all those years he was running from Saul. In case you don't know it, Saul was the king who was over Israel, their first king uh he became very selfish wicked uh god spoke over david and anointed him while he was still a younger boy that he was a man after god's heart and and uh saul was envious and jealous of david and the things that god had spoken on so he's he began to persecute and wanted to kill david and and uh, a lot of wicked things that saul did as a king and so David fled, and and he had the opportunity several times to take Saul's life, but he didn't. He said, who am I that I should put my hand against God's anointed? David did everything in a way that he desired to honor God and please God, and now God moved him into that role that he spoke over him. But this is talking about a group of men known as David's mighty men that... Uh, I wanted to bring out some things to you. Chapter 12 says, now these were the men who came to David at Ziglag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in war, armed with bows. That's why That's why I want to be like them. Using both the right hand and the left in hurling stones and shooting arrows with the bow. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. The chief was Ahazer. Then Joash, the sons of Shema, the, the, the Gibbethite, Jeziel, Pala, the sons of whatever that word is, Asmavath, Barakab, we'll just go, we'll just skip through that, alright? A mighty man among the thirty. And over the thirty, Jeremiah, Jehiel, uh, Johanan, Josabad, uh, Jed, Elu, Jerry, uh, Belalash, Shemarai, and those other two, the rest of that group right there. Alright, now let's look in verse 8. And then this is cool. Look at, look at these, look at these men here. It says some Gadites. That was for the tribe of Gad. Gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness. Mighty men of valor. Men trained for battle. Who could handle shield and spear. I, lo- I love this phrase. Whose faces were like the faces of lions. They were swift as gazelles on the mountain. Ezer the first, Obadiah the second, Eliab the third, Mishmana the fourth. I won't go through these names, but there were 11 of them, okay? And verse 14 says, These were from the sons of Gad, captains of the armies. The least was over a hundred, and the greatest was over a thousand. These are the ones who crossed the Jordan in the first month when it overflowed all its banks, and they put to flight all those in the valleys to the east, or from the east to the west when you look when you look at these men these these were men who came to David, okay, and if you'll notice when they came to david they 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 left the comfort of living, uh, especially the first group that it talks about here, the sons of Saul. Now you think about this saul was his, it was the king, this was his family, so they had all these benefits of being Saul's family. Uh, with him as the king, but yet they left those benefits and they left the comforts of living for what David could offer, which was nothing. They didn't. They didn't come out to David because things were bad. They didn't come out so it would be a better life. They didn't come to David because you know, you know there was no other option. They had the option. They chose to put themselves in this place to go out to David. Uh, they wasn't. They wasn't coming looking for the blessing. Those are a lot of things that you hear about church today. You know, people come to church because sometimes there's no other option. I hear the phrase all the time, but when you hit the bottom of the barrel, you know, there's no other option than I look to Jesus. Really? Is that That's why we should look to Jesus? Or, or you know, you know, we want a better life and we want something more comfortable. And, and there's a lot of reasons that people come to church looking for the benefit. A lot of people, you know, come to the Lord, even God's people. God's people who come to Jesus at times when times get bad and we want it better. And we're looking, always looking for a benefit or a blessing or, or those things. These men, these men of Saul left the comforts of their home to place themselves, think about this, in a wretched, hostile environment. We, we don't even like to think about that. Ziglag, okay, Ziglag was the place that David went to when Saul was chasing. One of the times Saul was persecuted, he went to Ziglag, which was a city in uh, among the Philistines. It was a Philistine city that the king of the Philistines put David there, okay? And think about this. The Philistines, remember that That uh, Goliath was a Philistine. David slayed Goliath. The Philistines were always Israel's enemies. And so it would be as if you had someone in Syria that you desired to align yourself with, to show your allegiance to. we got missionaries all over the world in those places that love Jesus more than the comforts of life, who are willing to go because they love the Lord and they'll put themselves in a hostile environment. And so that's what's going on here. This was a difficult living situation. They were being hunted by Saul. Another passage of scripture back in Samuel when it's talking about that with Ziglag. The Amalekites came in at one point in time and they they uh, kidnapped all of David's and the men's women and children. Burned everything up. So this was not a very comfortable situation whatsoever. Where they was like, hey, things are going good over there. Why don't we go over there? Or I want to be a part of something. A lot of people want to be a part of of something when everything's good, or they can benefit, or it's better. And that's kind of what American Christianity has become. A lot of pastors want to want to appeal, and basically it's appealing to the flesh. It's appealing to oh, if you'll just follow Jesus, everything gets better in your finances and, and and blah blah blah, and in health and wealth and prosperity, and you'll never have trouble. And if you're having troubles because you're not walking with the Lord, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people who who claim Christianity because they want the benefits and not not the Savior. That's just my opinion. Okay, but you look at this, and then then you look down, and that's a different group of people uh, in verse uh, eight where it talks about the Gadites. Now I like them honestly better in this story. The Gadites they went out to him. It says while he was in the stronghold in the wilderness, that was in the cave of adula So they, so they left the comforts of home and gave up and sacrificed everything in order to go out and be in a cave. And they had to trust the Lord. And there was about 400 people at that time who were with David in a wilderness where they had to try to gather up food for all those people in an environment that wasn't, you know, it wasn't gardens and cows and all that stuff. They left the gardens and they left the cows and they left the strongholds and the security to go align themselves with what the world called misfits and a fugitive. Okay? Are y'all with me? And the thing is, they did it willingly. You know, they gave, they gave and even put their families, team by that, you might say, well, I would do that, but would you take your wife and kids and do that? Or, or women, would you want to put your put your children or your grandchildren in a situation to where you go, I willingly, because I want to align myself and love this person, I'm going to put myself in a place where I'm leaving security and I'm leaving safety as far as what I can see and control. And, I, and I'm going to put myself out there because, I, because of my love compels me to do that. Because think about this, they had nothing to gain. They were willing to sacrifice and suffer out of a heart of allegiance to David. They loved David. And the main thing was they believed what God had spoken over David. He would be king. And he had shown himself in that, he had shown his character, and and another thing I believe they went out to for was because they believed in righteousness. They saw, they looked and they saw what Saul was doing in their life. This ain't right. You know, this ain't right. And you think about that. And when we look at the world today, we have the same choice. You know, David represents Jesus. A beautiful picture of, of of here of David representing Jesus. You know, and, and Jesus said, you, you know, if you follow me, you're going to suffer tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have difficulties. The world's going to hate you. Okay? And I think that there's a lot of people. I think the majority of people kind of try to walk the balance beam there. And I, I nobody likes difficulties, right? Let's be honest. Nobody likes trials. I'm not saying we should love trials. I hate trials. But I love Jesus. And if you got to go through trials to walk with him, then take me through the trials. But, but when we, when we look at this, you know, when you look at what's going on in our world today and what you have to do to be at peace with it. There's a lot of things you gotta do to be at peace with the world. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta let down your, your, your you basically you gotta do away with righteousness. Because if you look and you're compelled in your heart as a Christian to go, I'm gonna stand for what's right. I'm going to stand for righteousness, even if it costs me that, because I believe in it. And I believe in God, and I believe what what God has spoken. And I'm going to live by that. Then then you can prepare yourself, because it's going to cost you some things. And it's going to bring difficulties and trials, and all of those things in your life. I'm going to, I'm going to paint you a horrendous picture this morning of Christianity. It's going to be awful sometimes. And, and you know, you're going to have your Mondays. We was talking last night with, with Tracy and Tiffany and Willie and Tanya eating with them and, and we was telling them, you know, for us, me and my wife, and probably Willie and Tanya too, Mondays are our worst days. It's just always been that way. I don't know if it's because Sunday's good and, you know, and all of a sudden on Mondays the devil's like, you know, I told my wife, said one time I thought, you know, I think maybe, maybe the Lord made a deal with the devil or something to where he's like, okay, you can have them on Mondays because that's what it feels like. And it's like, boom, you know, everything that can happen seems to happen. And if, and if you're a believer and you're gonna follow Jesus, you're gonna have your Mondays. You're gonna have your days where it seems like all hell is coming against you and there's no holds barred. Let's not paint up a flowery garden of, I'm well, just following Jesus and I'm always happy. All these people who are always happy, I'm thinking, get real. You can have joy. But everything ain't always just ducky do, alright? You know, you're going. You, that would be like going. You know what? I'm excited. I joined the military. I'm a marine. I'm going to be special forces. We're going to Afghanistan. And so you write your mom, man. Afghanistan is just beautiful. Lovely people over here. Da da. da these people are wonderful. And be like, what? Are you at war? Or are you a tourist over there? And there's a lot of people who are Christians who try to, I think they, think they, maybe they feel like they've got to do that. They've got to put on the tourist. this it's just wonderful being a Christian. I'm thinking, are you, are you the same Christian that I am? Because it seems like sometimes it's the most difficult thing in the world that there is. And if you're always just everything's wonderful, maybe you're not, maybe you're not where you think you are. You know, maybe you're not walking with the Lord. Because I promise you, when you go out here and you start talking about Jesus and you start living by the Bible and you start being different and you become like the character of these men and you take action and you speak God's word in public, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, whatever, whatever that word is, it ain't going to be ducky dude. I promise you that. It's going to be awesome in the spirit. It's going to be horrendous in the flesh. And that's That's what the Bible teaches all the way through it. Now, y'all with me? But think about this. These guys came willingly knowing there would be difficulties and battles. How many of you have ever went to a church because you saw it was in horrendous shape? Let's be honest. You ever went to a church? You know, me and my family, we're looking for a church. We don't have a church home right now. We're looking for a church, you know. And and you, you and your wife go in. You walk out. And afterwards, your husband's like, this is where we need to go. And she's like, what? It's awful, ain't it? These people are, are nuts. It's dead. You know, and you know, nothing's happening. They have nothing for the kids. They have the teaching is horrible, the preaching about putting me to sleep. The worship was dead. I'm so excited to be here. We don't do that. We walk in and go, you know what? We want to see, you know, what What do you have for the kids? What do you have for the youth? What, you know, how's your teaching? It was good, you know, but we're going to try a different class. The preaching went a little long. He needs to cut it off, you know, blah, 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 blah. The worship could be better, blah, blah. Even though I didn't sing, I'm here to be entertained. We'll pray about it. We might join this church. We should be the first. When I go to a different church, if God ever moves me, I'm not looking for a bigger, better. I'm looking for a lower, horrific church. That's what I want. When I came here, it was pretty horrific. When I went from where I was, it was pretty horrific when I got there. And I loved it. I loved it. I, honestly, that's one of the things I miss. Now don't get horrific, oh, man, okay? I mean, I love it. You understand what I'm saying? I love it when it's good. But, 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 but when it's, it would be like, you know, like Shane Kilgo went to the Marines. You know, his heart like, man, I want to go to battle. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Some, some of them army people weird. They get excited. Like we're, we're shipping you out to the hottest place. Yeah. I'm like what? You know? And, and, and wouldn't, but, but, but what would it be like if somebody wanted that? You know, they, they went even even further into the Navy SEALs or, or Special Forces or Green Beret or whatever it is. And they trained. They're like, I'm a warrior at heart. I'm trained. I'm, I want to go to battle. I want to defend my country. I'm willing to die for it. I will get an honor to lay down my life for my country. Well, we're going to send you over to Hawaii. And that's where you're going to spend your terms. They'd be upset. But there's a lot of Christians who go, like, you know, I just want a Hawaiian church. I don't want no troubles. I don't want no issues. I just want to walk in, feel good, get my dose and 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 go on about my life. I'm like, really? What good is that? Why not come in and go, I want to know where the weakest part is, I want to know where the deadest part is. I want to know where the need is, because I'm here as a helper in war. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. That's that's biblical Christianity in case she's wondering, okay? Now let's look. These men were men of character and action. They were not just simply words. A lot of wordy people today. These men didn't do a whole lot of talking. Look in verse 8. We'll look at the Gadites. It said they joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness. Notice this. Would God speak this about you? If he wrote a story about you. Mighty men of valor. You know that word valor means strength, power. It means they were strong in heart. They were strong in body. You know, they were not weak-hearted, indecisive men looking for their wives to tell them how to lead. So, well, I don't like you said that. I don't care. Okay? But men and women both. They wasn't, they wasn't weak-hearted parents looking for their kids to tell them how to lead. They wasn't a weak-hearted pastor waiting around for the church to do something for him. You know, and, and you see a lot of that nowadays. These were men of valor. You know, they were, they were ready. Think about this. They were ready to assume their role and their responsibility. In our society, you know, back, you know, back, back in my mom, and dad's days, people back then got married when there's, you know, how many parents, how many grandparents do you know that they got married in their teens? If you have yeah, if you have older grandparents, your grandparents got married when they were teens. Mom and daddy gets married when they're, you know, 18, 19. I got married when I was 19, my wife was 18. Or I was 20 years now. Yeah, 19 and 18. 19 and 18. And it wasn't because we had to. (laughs) We just wanted to, all right? But nowadays the the, you notice how culture is molding, especially men. Molding them into women. I hope you ain't one of those. But they're molding men and women. Teaching kids to be kids until you're forty. You know, and and when you talk to you, you know, you talk to the average. I hope I ain't, I ain't picking on nobody. I don't know nobody here. I. But you talk to a thirty-five year old man. have you got? Are you married? No. You got a girlfriend? Nah. No. I'm enjoying life. I don't want to have to pay bills and. And be a man? That's what you're saying. You might not say that, but what you're saying is, I don't want to be a man. I don't want to assume my God-given responsibility in my roles. And I'm telling you, you have to be married. But I'm saying, grow up. You know what? It's good to play games. I'm picking on gamers. But it's good to play games when, you, when you're kids. But when you're 40, you don't sit at work going, man, I can't wait to get home and play Donkey Kong. You know, all weekend, all I'm going to do is just play the war games and all that asteroids. I, you can tell I don't play games, all right? But you know why, man? I'm like, grow up. What are you doing for the Lord? You know, we can't have babies on the battlefield. I, a lot of people are going to leave this week, I guarantee you. that We're going to cut this crowd in half. Oh, well, you know, let's, let's get real this morning. Let's not powder and pamper you up. If you're one of those, if you're a young man, I'll say this, if you're a young man, you're 16, 17, grow up. Assume responsibility. Same thing with girls. Your mom and daddy should have to come in and baby you and tell you clean your room. Get your lazy end out of bed and clean it up. Don't make your poor mama do it. You know, that's the God's honest truth. Girls ought to be cooking some. And if they don't know how and your mama ain't taught you, maybe you and your mama need to take class. I don't know. You young boys, why you why you make your daddy go to work, sweat and kill himself all day and come home and do everything in the yard while you're sitting there playing a game? You're 16, 17, 18, some of you 20, get up off of it and mow for him. That's what it means to honor your parents. Wow, that wasn't even a message. That's true, that's just true. Uh, But these are men of valor. Okay, let's get back to the men. Notice notice this. this, this is really good right here. It says that... Um, I lost my point. Men, here it is, right here in the same verse A Men trained for battle. Notice it the, the first group of men up in, in verse 1-2, it says that they, notice what it says in the verse 2, they were armed with bows. They could use the right hand and the left. So what does that mean? How many of you are right-handed? How many of you a right-handed people ever tried to throw a baseball left-handed? I look like a girl. You know, I can't do anything left handed, but you think about this. If you was on, if you was on watching a football game and a quarterback rolled to the right and he dropped back and then he shifted to the left hand, and you'd be like, how does he do that? He trained. He loved what he does. If a person is efficient with both hands, that means they had to go through a lot of training and everything else to make what is unnatural become natural. And so, it talks about how they were trained with both shield and spear. They, that means they were both offensive and defensive. They were trained for battle. What does this guy do with Christianity? Having a warrior's heart and a good intention is not enough. I think it's one of the weakest places in the church. There's a lot of people who have passion, they have a warrior's heart. Like, I love the Lord. I want to see people saved. I want to this and that. You know, and then and then you come to that whole that that word, dis- discipleship. Reading the Bible, training, studying, equipping, preparing. And you're like, I just ain't in that. That's like going, you know, you sign up in the military and you go in there like, okay, what's the first thing you're gonna do? We're gonna shave your head and put you in boot camp. I just really ain't in boot camp. I wasn't for, just hand me a gun, let me go out, and, you know, I've been watching TV. Too many Christians that's got that mindset. I don't want to discipline myself. I don't want to have to go through all this study. Why do you pay $50,000 to do it for college then? Because you're making money, right? We'll do it and we'll tell our kids, you're going to go to school. You're going to do your homework. You're going to be there. You're not going to miss. You're going to 12 years of school. Then you're going to go another five, six, some of them 10 years of college so that you can have a... But you won't go, you know what, we're gonna, I'm gonna discipline myself to know God's word, to train, and I'm gonna continue that training throughout my life so that I can go on the battlefield and I can be an efficient warrior. I can be passionate about the war in Afghanistan and I'm in 100% support of our military. And I, and I could be passionate about the war and I can, you know, I can be, if I wasn't so old, I'd be like, I wanna be involved and I wanna give myself and I'm gonna go over there, I'm gonna fight. But if I'm not trained, you know, if you're just the average person, maybe you never shot a gun. You're like, I want, I, I believe in the cause. I believe in freedom. I believe in standing against wickedness and terrorism. And I'm going to join the military. If they join, handed you an M-16 and put you on a plane and dropped you out in Af- Afghanistan, you know what's happened? You ain't going to be long until you're coming back on a plane in a whole different reality. Because you're going to be dead. And there's believers today that think that, that I'm saved and that's good. You joined up. And I want to be a part, and I believe in the cause, and I believe that people are lost, and I want to see them saved, and I believe in righteousness, and I want to stand for it, and I'm against this, and I'm against that, and I'm for God's Word here, and I'm for God's Word there. And you think that we got this mindset, Oh, Holy Spirit, please give me this anointing, God, to where I know everything in the Scripture, and you can use me. It's like, get to work. Get to I gave it to you. People suffered and died for thousands of years so you could have it. Get trained. If I could say anything to God's people is, put yourself in a heart to go, I I, want to devote myself to training. And and this ain't training. Okay? Maybe just a little bit, but training takes place with you digging into God's word. There's so much available to us today. YouTube, internet, get good stuff. Bible books. There's there's so many people here in this church who will meet with you every week. Just you to go, I want to answer your questions. I want to, I want to, I want to disciple you. I want to teach and train you. Why? So that when a Bible question comes up at work or you see a conflict or an opportunity comes up, you don't do what most people do. You know why you do that? It's because you don't know. You haven't been trained. But when you're trained, you're like, whoa, you know, I wanna, I'm going to jump right in the midst of this. And then you start enjoying your Christianity if you want to know the truth. Okay, I thought I was going to go short this morning, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, i am going I got to cut this down. Um. Let me get through this real quick. Okay. They had the, notice where it says they had the faces of lions. You know what the face of the lion was? It means they was not fearful of the enemy. They were not fearful of failure. They were not fearful of death. But man, they was ready to rock. They were very confident and peaceful on the battlefield. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a church full of people like that? The people who fear didn't overwhelm. There's some of you here this morning. I, I used to be like this, okay? So I'm not picking on There's some of you here this morning if I would say, Brother so-and-so, will you stand and lead us in prayer. You would lock up. Fear would overwhelm you. And I'm thinking, and you're surrounded by God's people. If I said you ought to pray with your wife, you ought to pray with your husband. If somebody ran, there's some people in this crowd. If somebody ran to you and said, please, I'm lost. Tell me. What do I need to do to be saved? Your answer would be, talk to the preacher. I'm like, what? You understand what I'm saying? Well, don't justify that. God, I'm tired of being that way. I'm tired of not being trained. I'm tired of fear overwhelming me. Somebody might ask me a question I can't answer. Do something about it. You can't just dwell in fear the rest of your life. I mean, they had the face of a lion. They were swift on the mountains, it says. means they were quick to chase after their enemy. We ought to be chasing after our enemy. We ought be pursuing them. They were quick to get involved. I don't like that. All right, we're going to start this new program. We're going to do this for the kids and the kids and blah, 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 blah. Who wants to be involved? Where's the back door? That's the way it is. And most time, church pastors for 20 years. I know what I'm talking about. I could go pick out just any Baptist church in East Texas. You pick it, go there. We're going to do something that's going to involve you and put you a little bit out of your comfort zone. Or maybe it's going to cause a sacrifice for a little bit of your time. Any any volunteers? Yeah, there's going to be volunteers. There's going to be 10 or 12 mighty women and men who go, I always volunteer because I love God and I don't let fear keep me from involving myself. So I didn't call no names. Hopefully you're one of those 10 or 12. Amen. Come on, y'all. These men were of great determination. This is, I got to get you this, and I guess I'll cut my message off. I got to get you this. Notice what it says here. I love this part right here in verse 15. These are the ones who crossed the Jordan the first month when it had overflowed all its banks, and they put to flight all of all of those in the valleys on the east and to the west. Now, think about this: this that, Why were they crossing Jordan? They were going to David. They were going to. That's the only reason they had to cross the Jordan. You ever seen the Trinity River when it's flooded? There's parts of it, you know, maybe 200 yards wide, 300 yards wide. This last uh, deer season, Tracy Durham was on the Trinity River. He hunts down there in a boat um, when it was flooded like this. Some of you already know the story. This, but, but he was going along there and anyhow he come to a point in time he, he pulled up on a bank and he, he parked his boat and he was looking for airheads when he come back his boat was gone. So he looks out there and the boat's just kind of sitting in one spot and it's twiddling back and forth and, and if you know the river when it's flooded, you don't go swimming. It's got undertow that will suck you under and drown the best of swimmers. He shucks his boots off. I don't know how old you are, Tracy, but he's older than me. Okay. By a long ways. No. Tracy bails in. He takes off, going to swim out to his boat. And as far as I hope I'm telling your story right. If not, I'll let you come up and tell it. He swims out there, and 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 by the and and he showed me the video. Of the river it's just whoo, you could see whirlpool. And he gets out there, and he said about that time the boat kind of started moving off. And he figured out what was causing sit there. There was an undercurrent pulling. And now next thing you know, he's fighting for his life. Fifty what seven? Come on, how much? Fifty seven? Huh? 38 years old, even for a 20-year-old, that would have been horrendous. And he's fighting for his life, and he's praying to God, and, and by the grace of God, you know, he turns over on his back, and he works his way back, and he finally gets back to, to the bank. He could have died there that day, but he was standing testified, testify, you don't want to swim the river when it's in that situation. This is the, what it's talking about. That's where the river was in, on the Jordan the first month. And those guys are like, this is what? This is the obstacle between me and getting to my king. They, they, he needs me. I want to be there. Let's swim the river. That's right. How many of us, it only takes a little obstacle. Don't let the devil put obstacles between you and what God has for you. You know, we ought to come to the place you're always going to have obstacles. The devil going to throw mile-wide raging rivers in your life. You're like, I don't care. I love the Lord enough. We've been across this river and he's going to get us across it. And he will. And then they got on the other side and whooped all the enemies that was there in the valleys on the east and the west. Now think about it. How many of them was there? Eleven. Eleven. You know what I said? Man, I'd like to be like that. And God's like, man, I'd like for you to be like that too. And I can make you like that. By God's grace, every person in here can have this kind of heart and this kind of great determination. Men of war. And the last thing I want to share with you, the Bible says, I want to go to the verse. Verse 38 says, They were men of war who could keep the ranks. You know what it means to keep the ranks? They could submit to authority. They could submit to authority, and they could follow orders, and they could hold their own place. They could submit to authority. They could follow orders, and they could hold to their own place. God has a place for every believer in here. If you're not a believer, Jesus wants to save you. Right. Died and gave his life. The most mighty man that's ever walked on the face of this earth. Came and, and, like Jeremy said, loved you and gave his life. Faced our greatest enemy. Met our greatest need. You will not find anybody who's greater and more of a man of valor than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, and it's not a compelling call where he's like, you have no choice in it. You know, even for you believers, when I and I'm gonna talk about this tonight, we talk about a calling. People are like, uh calling to preach, calling me. you know, it's to start ducking and diving. God ain't gonna make you do nothing. God didn't make me preach. Well, if you didn't, he might have sent a whale. No, don't take that out of context. God, when Jesus walked by his disciples, he said, Follow me. Invitation. He didn't say, Hey, come on, let's drop the nest, come on. He said, if you want to follow me, and I'll make you fish the men. And he kept going. The disciples dropped what they to him, and They jump up and win. That's what God's calling is you in your life. God's giving you an opportunity to be a part of something great. The question is, are you like one of these men, or are you a bench warmer or a seat warmer? We're just like, I didn't come here for all that. I just come here so maybe I get a little uh, flurry in my heart and go home feel better for a little while while me and wife fight on Monday evening. You know, I've lived my pattern the whole life where I go to church and I put my time in. What? And get out of here with that. Get out of here with that, John. You remember, you know, you know that sign that they used to have on it? They still have a dude that's, uh, he got the you know, American hat on. What's was his name? Uncle Sam. That's right. And he said, I want you. You know what Jesus said? I want you. Do you want me? Do you want to be a part of something great? Because in the last part of this story, and I had a really good message. I just want to cut it off. But in the last part of this story, if you keep reading later on this, maybe later today, when he gets down there, David has assumed his role as king. And you know who's surrounded him? These men. These men are surrounded. And it said that they're celebrating and they're feasting. And, and one thing that I saw in the last verse, it said, and they kept bringing up, you know, even though they were there, they were still giving. They were still bringing all the foods and the cakes and the raisins and, you know, the cokes, Dr. Peppers, hamburgers, whatever. I right, get the point? They were never in it to go, What do you have for me? What's in it for me? It's all about me. Even at that point, they were like, We're here to serve. Can you see that? I see no better picture, and I'm finished, but I see no better picture than today of the people who serve in our military. Maybe this would have been a good message for a few few Sundays from now, but I'm preaching today. To where when you see a person, who goes in the military? And they're like, I, I want to sign up. Mom, Dad didn't have to make me. I wanted to sign up. I don't want to just sign up. I, I want to excel. If you've ever, if you ever looked at something, I've always been fascinated with was the training of the Navy SEALs. Now, if you've ever seen what those people go through to become Green Beret or Navy SEALs or special, any kind of special forces like that, they subject themselves willing to, to some stuff that is horrendous. You know, I'm not being ugly when I say this, but the Navy SEALs go through what's called Hell Week, and that's what it is. And they love it. And their whole desire is to get to a place to where they can do what? Give their life for us. This nation would be turned on its ear if churches were full of those people. A Christian who has a heart to go, I'm not here for the benefit. I'm not here because it's good. I'm here because it's bad. I'm here because we have an impending enemy, and I'm going after him. We're going to shut him down. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Instead of this patty cake, babysit, said, I hope somebody don't get upset from what I say and leave. If you do, I'm sorry. I'm not picking on anybody. But if you're here to be pampered, the children's building's next door. And if that don't fit you, go to the house. Because I ain't looking for somebody to suck in the cool air. I need all I can get. And so this is what Christianity is. It's a cross. And Jesus said, if any man wants to come after me, if you want to follow me, i got a cross for you. So who will take up the cross this morning? Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord God, I just, uh, I just come to you this morning. Lord, I thank you that That I serve a mighty king. I don't serve no frail, woman-like, coward savior. I serve a savior who who faced hell and went through it to save me. God, I want to give myself to you. That this would start with me, Lord. that, That we would have surrendered hearts. Put aside our arrogance and our pride and our entitlement. God, that you would raise up a mighty army out of this church. Men who will stand and lead their family in righteousness and in love and in peace. People who will dive into your word and go, I'm willing to put myself through whatever it takes so that I can be equipped. So that I can be ready for when God chooses to use me. So that I can put my enemy to flight. And Lord, I just pray for the things that are in between them and that this morning. God, the obstacles. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let that defeat their heart. Oh, devil tries to put so many things in our lives to give us fear and defeat. And God, I pray that we would do like Peter and we'd walk out of a boat and walk on top of it. Come to you, God, because we love you, because you're worthy. We should pray for somebody here that doesn't know you, Lord, that they'd see this ain't about religion. God, it's about an amazing savior who went through An amazing battle so that we could be free. And they would find themselves at your feet today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.